She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Oh my goodness, do I have a show for you guys today. Probably, I don't know what it is about this word. I don't know what it is about this story. It just hit me so strong a couple of weeks ago, and I cannot, literally cannot wait to share it after the break. We are going to talk about your Lazarus. Your Lazarus has a purpose. If you know the story of Lazarus, you'll know the general gist of what I just said. Your Lazarus is not just given to you to be mean. It has a purpose. And I cannot wait to share with you this really, really special word that the Lord just kind of dropped in my heart through his word, of course, a couple of weeks ago. So here's the deal. This is what's happening in my life, guys. Are you ready for a dose of like miles minute over here? So my kids are going back to school. They're going back to school. (laughs) Praise God. This is one of the reasons why we know that God is good and he is mighty, that your kids go back to school. It's wonderful. Okay. I want to talk for a second about the school supply lists. I want to talk to you and I want to pray for you (laughs) as maybe you encounter what I encounter every year going to look for school supplies for my four children. Okay. I've been a mom for a long time, almost 16 years. Well, actually, if you count the time I was pregnant with Grace, I definitely have been mom for 16 years. She was born in October and we're about to celebrate her 16th birthday. Pray for me. Y'all know we've been doing the driver's ed thing. It's been amazing. Okay. Been a mom for a long time. So And I've got a couple tips for those of you that don't have kids in school on the school supply list thing. Okay. But I struggle. (laughs) You know, I feel like a super good mom until I get the school supply list. I don't know why it is. I think it's because, especially when you have kids in elementary school, it's the most daunting list of all time. You pick it up and it's like, how, first of all, how am I going to find all this stuff? Second of all, where is the pink scissors that are only five inches that, you know, glow in the dark, but only on Tuesdays in 90 degree weather? Where are those scissors? They don't exist. Okay. That's the thing I want to talk to you about. Those scissors, they don't exist. And that's kind of what I think. I I consider myself a capable, able person, except when I get the school supply list. And this year, you guys, was no different. It was no different. I went and got, as a matter of fact, as soon as I found out the school supply list was available, we went immediately to the store. I think we were getting back from a trip and I was like, you guys, school supplies, we have to go get them tomorrow. And why is this? And this is a tip for all of you moms out there. If you get your school supply list, do not wait until two days before school because there will be nothing left. Okay. You will get all of the reject markers that no one wants. They're not there anymore because all of the other moms have gone before you to get all the school supplies. Okay. Here's the deal. 
So we get this school supplies list and I'm like, I'm almost crying. I can feel my blood pressure raising. I can feel the whole thing. And listen, I'm happy to buy the school supplies. I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy to get them for my kids. My kids love to go. But my problem is I'm a goal oriented person, very goal oriented. And so if there is a specific number of markers that they need, and it has to be a specific brand, and it has to be like the erasable kind or the glow in the dark kind or the fluorescent kind. If I don't find them, I consider myself a failure, right? Just, just right then and there. This year, I was feeling like walking into Target with my four kids and the dreaded school supply list. I feel, I, I already felt defeated. I felt like there's no way I'm going to find all this stuff because I never do. Okay. And I walked in and I, we always pray before we go in to get school supplies. I'm like, God, help me with my grace and with my compassion and with my patience as I'm looking for all of this. So my kids are so excited to be there. We go through the list, you know, it's like a certain kind of pencil, which I get, like they need this certain kind of pencil. Okay. I get a certain kind of folder with the things in the middle. What are those things called? I don't even know. But if there's a teacher listing, they would know, um, you know, a certain kind of protractor. Grace is like, I need this calculator that cost $250. And I'm like, can't you just Google the answer for to save me money. Yes, I did say that, guys. Anyway, so I go in and of course, they don't have, I would say, seven or eight items. And I'm buying for two first graders on the list. And then I realize a beautiful solution to me already feeling like a failure. They didn't have the exact number, but they had a number that was more like my kids needed eight markers and they had 10. And I was thinking, I'll just buy the 10 because the teacher will be happy because I bought more than what she actually asked for. They wanted the small thing of Clorox wipes. Well, they didn't have them. So I bought the larger one because I thought, you know, I'm going to buy the larger one. I am proud to say this year, we got everything on the list. My kids are missing nothing. The count might not be exact, but if there was not an, uh, an exact count, I bought the greater number. And um, I walked out for the first time in, let's see, Grace has been going to school for, <laughs> she's in the 10th grade, so 10 years. <laughs> For the first time in 10 years, guys, I didn't walk out of Target as a failure. I walked out victorious. You guys, we are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Don't you think I didn't bring Jesus into my uh, school supply shopping little trip because I needed Jesus so bad because I get really, really impatient. So for all you moms out there that are school shopping as we speak, for, you know, the pencils and the, this and the folders and the notebooks and the, all the things. No, your girl, your girl understands, <laughs> your girl understands the frustration. <laughs> My tip to you is go early to make sure everything is there. But you know, we're all in this together. All of us moms trying to do the best we can for our schools, for our kids 
and for our incredible teachers. Y'all, my kids have had some of the most incredible teachers of all time. I literally am so thankful for them. So we're going to make it. We're going to make it this year. It's going to be a good year. And I cannot wait to see how my kids thrive with their markers and pencils and all sorts of things that will help them learn. So here's the deal. After the break, we're going to go there. It's going to get real serious up in here. I'll catch you right after the break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, are you guys ready to go there? Here we are back from the break. Your Lazarus has a purpose. Your Lazarus has a purpose. Okay, that's what we're going to focus on today. I get it. A lot of us have gone through things in the last, you know, I'm, I'm so sick of saying in the last couple of years, let's just say we're going through something now <laughs> that we feel like is dead and gone. Okay. We feel as if it'll never come back. It'll never be the same. You can't recover from this. And my boy Lazarus understands and I, I want I want to just switch your way of thinking here for a moment. I want you guys to think that what you have faced that looks like it's dead and gone, that looks like it will never come back, what if, and go with me, this is going to take a little bit of creativity in your mind because you guys are going to hate that I'm about what I'm getting ready to say, but I want to prove it to you, not based on me and trying to persuade you, but based on the power of the word of God. That is what I'm going to talk to you through today. But what if, just what if God loved you so much that he let it die? What if he loved you so much that he let that opportunity go away? What if he loved you so much that he didn't fix it? He let it cease to live. What if? Now, you're going to I know you already hate me and maybe you're already clicking off, but I don't care. I want you guys to hear this truth from the word, okay? What God has been showing me in the last few weeks has literally ignited me in such a different way than I have been in a long time. I'm going to I'm going to go through this story backwards, okay? I want you guys to get a glimpse 
of what the death of Lazarus did for the entire Jewish nation. I want you to get a glimpse. We know that he died. We know it. Okay. We know it. I'm going to go back through and I'm going to backtrack, but I want to show you what happened first after Lazarus died. What happened? Okay. That's where we're going to sit today for, for a good portion of this. I want you to go with me. And you guys know I'm like working through my Bible over here. I got my Bible out. As you read this, if you can, I would suggest you go back and just read this passage and get your own eyes on it. There's something about us reading the passage for ourselves. It it just does something. It gets in our hearts rather than hearing it. I know some of us are audible learners and I totally get that. But go to John chapter 12. We're going to go to John chapter 11 at the end, but I want you to go to John chapter 12 and I'm going to read this passage for you and it's going to blow your mind because you're going to see a totally different perspective of our boy Lazarus. John 12, 1, Jesus, think of the timing of this. Oh my goodness, this is so good. Therefore, six days, six days before the Passover, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was. Now, why did Jesus come to Bethany? To hang out with the resurrected Lazarus. That's why he was in the country. He came there to hang out with the resurrected Lazarus. He wanted a little, you know, FaceTime, but not FaceTime on a phone, like FaceTime and like, you know, back when we actually (laughs) saw people in person. Yeah, that kind of a FaceTime. Therefore, six days before the Passover, he came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Okay. I'm going to read this whole passage. Not all of it is going to relate to what I'm getting ready to say, but I think it's important to read the totality of this passage. Verse two. So they, Lazarus, your boy, remember the one who was totally dead? Yeah, that guy. They made him a supper there. And Martha was serving. You know, Martha, our little server, Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with Jesus. So Lazarus is kicked back, hanging out, you know, with God, who just resurrected him from the dead. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, which this story is very, very famous. Okay. But it was while Jesus was hanging out with your resurrected boy, Lazarus. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, verse four, John 12, four, was intending to betray Jesus, said, why is this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor people? Verse six. Now he said this, not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Verse seven. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for one day, one day for my burial, knowing it was coming really, really soon. Verse eight, for you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. Verse nine, and this is where it gets so good. He's hanging out with Lazarus. He's hanging out with Martha and Mary. They all know that Lazarus died. 
And now he's sitting at the table, eating, drinking, breathing, probably laughing, definitely have a conversation with Judas about this money situation. They're all chatting. Verse 9 says this. The large crowd of the Jews then learned that Jesus was at Lazarus's house. It says learn that he was there, but we know that Jesus was at Lazarus's house. And they came not for Jesus's sake only, but that they might see also Lazarus, who he raised from the dead. Verse 10. But the chief priest planned to put Lazarus to death also. Isn't that just like these chief priests? <laughs> he died. Jesus resurrected him. So we're going to kill him. <laughs> I mean, good Lord, have some mercy. <laughs> but the chief priest also planned to put Lazarus to death. Verse 11. And this is what the whole message is going to be circulated around today. This one verse. Because on account of him, on account of Lazarus, on account of that darn resurrection power, on account of Lazarus sitting there with Jesus, unmistakably eating, drinking, hanging out, talking about whatever, on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. The next verse, and I want to bring this in because I think this is fascinating. After this happens, John 12, 12, on the next day, listen, listen to why the people were there for Jesus to enter Jerusalem. Do you understand the large crowd that gathered there? On the very next day, the large crowd who had come to the feast to see Lazarus and Jesus, when they heard that, Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. They took branches of palm and went out to meet him and blessed and shouted, Hosanna, blessed be him who comes in the name of the Lord. Isn't it just like Jesus to give us a situation of revival to happen right the week that he was going to be crucified? Do you understand? This text tells us that a huge a group of people were in Jerusalem on account of the fact that they had to see Lazarus and make sure Lazarus was actually resurrected by Jesus. And when they saw it, they turned from not believing to believing. And when they started believing, they grabbed their palm branches the very next day and said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is straight scripture. John 12, read it for yourself. John 12. I I couldn't get this out of my head as I'm talking about and thinking about Lazarus. Because with John 12, John 11 makes sense. I, I literally could start crying. And maybe I will. With John 12, knowing 
that Jesus loved Lazarus so much that he allowed him to die so that the man that he loved could be used so greatly by him, God the Father, to bring revival to everyone who came to see him. We don't think of love like that. We don't think of the fact that Lazarus was loved so much that God wanted to use him so greatly to bring a revival to the Jews. Jesus chose Lazarus because he loved him so much. And he loved him so much that he wanted Lazarus to be legendary. As I read through the word, I look at these people that God chooses to use greatly. Do they suffer horrendously? Most of them, yes. But those are the people in the scripture that are legendary, that we go to their stories on a regular basis to be encouraged by whatever fraction of trial we are facing at that time. John 11 makes sense because Lazarus was used to bring revival to the Jewish people. Without John 12, John 11 doesn't make as much sense. It's a perfect picture of what Jesus wants to do with your Lazarus. What if he loves you so much and he knows your situation is so hard, but he knows the plans for your situation. And if you just trust him, your situation will bring about a revival purpose that you would never even calculate, think of, devise in your own mind to everyone around you. What if? What if? He actually does love you. So he lets things go away. Only so he can bring them back and blow the minds of everyone watching your life. Because of John 12, John 11 makes sense. Let's go to John 11. I don't know about you, but this is a word, y'all. This is a word. Oh, I love the word of God. Okay. Autumn, part two. Let's do it. Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany. The village of Mary and her sister, Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Get over here. We need you desperately. But when Jesus heard this, he said, the sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God 
may be glorified by it. I want to stop right there. Do you understand that that's exactly what happened in John chapter 12? All the Jews came, not just to see Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, who was raised from the dead. The Son of God was actually glorified by this whole situation. John 11 makes sense because of John 12. John 11, when he said this, John 11, 4, was a prophetic word to John 12. Jesus was glorified because of what he was getting ready to do. He didn't tell them all of his plans, but he knew one thing. In the end, I am going to be glorified. My father's going to be glorified. You're all going to see the glory of God that comes from this situation. It was a prophetic word to the next chapter in John. Now, Jesus, this is the second time he says that he loves them. Verse five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. In your comprehension right now, and their comprehension, and Mary and Martha, and even Lazarus' comprehension up until his own resurrection. A human mind cannot comprehend the resurrection from the dead because we know that death is pretty final (laughs) on our end. The best outcome that Mary and Martha could have even hoped for was Jesus running to Bethany and healing Lazarus. That's the best outcome they could have hoped for. That was the most miraculous outcome that they had hoped for. And let me tell you, he did that a lot. I mean, he did that all the time. He was walking through the cities. He was healing people, sight from the blind, arms, uh, you know, lame, uh, lame or walking, you know, blind eyes see the whole thing. Uh, healing was like his thing. That's what he was known for. So they knew all Jesus has to do is, you know, Make a little trip over here and he can whoop, Lazarus be healed. We're good to go. Thank you, Jesus. And he move on with your life. But it doesn't talk about his intense love for the people that he walked by. Now, Jesus did love them. Okay, please do not email me. I'm not saying that. Don't hear me wrong. But there was a friendship, brother-like relationship that Jesus had with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. He loved them. So he waited. He loved them. So he waited. There was a deeper, intense relationship there. And you can read that for yourself in John 11. He loved them. So he waited. He loved them so he could trust them with something that looked horrendous because he knew he wanted them to be a part of sharing and giving all glory to Jesus. It's a loving God that allows us a situation where we can't take credit for it. We have no part in it, really. We are mere representatives of the power of God and the glory that God does through our situation. The loving God that allows us to partake in his story. And that's what Jesus was doing here. When Jesus went there to Bethany two days later, 
He stands there in verse 1139 and he says, remove the stone. Now, at this point, there were a lot of people that were gathered around. They knew Jesus was coming. They didn't know what you never knew what was going to happen when Jesus showed up. By the way, you don't know what's going to happen when Jesus shows up. Everything needs to be on the table. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the the sister of the deceased, Lazarus has gone ahead and died at this point, said to him, at this time, there will be a stench for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say, moms, you say this to your kids. Did you not hear me, woman? (laughs) Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say that? Was I not plain? I told you exactly what was going to happen. The sickness was going not going to re- end in death. It looks like the end, but I'm here. It looks like the end, but Jesus just stepped up to the tomb. It looks like the end, but man, I am here. I am ready to move. It looks like the end of your finances, but Jesus just stepped up to your tomb. It looks like the end of your marriage, but then Jesus walks up and says, remove the stone. It looks like the end of your fertility, but then Jesus walks in the room and says, remove it, remove that stone. I am about to show you the glory of God that is going to manifest in this situation that will become legendary, both for you, Lazarus, but more importantly for me and for my father. Did I not tell you? We have forgotten We have forgotten that we serve the same God that resurrected this man from the dead. All glory to him and to his father. We have forgotten the power that is manifested in in one pinky nail of Jesus Christ compared to what we face on this earth. We have forgotten the power that is available to us at any second, at any time. We have forgotten that our Jesus is living. He is active. He is aware. He is engaged in your situation. We have forgotten that. And it's time based on John 11 and 12 that we wake up just like Lazarus and we remember my God can do anything. He looks after they remove the stone and he says, thank you, Lord, for hearing me. That's what he says before he calls his name. He already knows what he's planned to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. I know you heard me. I could recite this verse. I I, I know that you have heard me. But for these people's sake, I say it. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happens in those three words makes Lazarus a legend and makes Jesus get all the glory. What if he loves you so much? So much. To allow that thing to go away temporarily so he can do something in you that he will get the glory from eternally. You guys know my brother, and the story of my brother, I'm, I, I probably will actually cry as I tell this story and I'm, I'm wrapping up here. 
David was in this horrible motorcycle accident. And I, I've told the story a lot, but it's significant today. David's in this horrible motorcycle accident. For those of you that have not heard it, I'll be quick. It was devastating to our whole family only because, and for many reasons, I say only because, but that's, that's really minimizing the, the pain. It was horrible because it seemed like God had taken the one thing that he loved away from him, which was playing the guitar. And he is an expert guitarist. And I remember telling him, you know, God's, God's going to heal you. And we were really, really believing that God was going to heal him until one of the doctors that was seeing him had to bring him the bad news, which is said, you're going to be paralyzed in your right arm for the rest of your life. And it devastated us. It devastated us. But somewhere deep inside of me, I remember thinking as I prayed for him, as I talked to Amanda, his wife, as I talked to him on the phone, as I talked to their children, as I talked to my parents, the end of this is not death. It's not the death of his dream. It's not the death of his playing. The end of this is for the glory of God to be revealed. That's the end. And I, I said that in faith because it did not look good for a long time. He's not a hundred percent back, but a couple of weeks ago, he got that last muscle to fire in his bicep that he needed. And I want to tell you something today, just an hour before I started recording my sister-in-law gave birth to their third child. And I was able to text as soon as I got the news. Today is a good day. Today we can stand on the fact that God is good. He does good. His glory is good. He brings good from a death in any situation. That is the character of God. As I stared at this picture of this tiny little, you know how they are. They're all like mushy and like, you know, wrinkled when they're first born. I saw a child with my eyes, but I also saw the glory and the goodness and the faithfulness of a God that loved them so much, he let them in on a piece of the miraculous. So I don't know where you are today, but I hope this is a strong, encouraging word to your spirit. If you're facing something that looks like it's dead or like it's sick, some of us are in that four-day waiting period where, you know, Lazarus is sick and it's not looking good. The glory of God is at work here. And I believe he wants you to be a representation of his goodness and of his glory and what he can do in your situation. Ah. <sighs>
I hope that encouraged you. It did me so much, guys, I can't even handle my life right now. We're, I'm going to do one question right after the break, and then we'll be done. Catch me after the break. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, back from the break. I'm just going to have to process that the last 30 minutes uh, later later today. I can't even process it right now. I'm just going to have to do it later. I got a question from Laura from Facebook, and she says this, what do I do when the what ifs do come true? The what ifs. I've been doing an entire series this week on the mind, and we talked yesterday about the mind and... Sometimes the mind can, is your worst enemy. Okay. It's definitely a battlefield where Satan wants to come in and tell you all sorts of junk. Uh, but she's at one of the questions that came up yesterday was the what ifs, what ifs I, I want to believe, but what if, okay, what do I do when the what ifs do come true? Laura, let me, t- let me say this. When and if the what ifs do come true. I'm going to refer you back to John 11 and 12. There is a God that will lead you through whatever it is he asks you to face. And in the end, he will work it out for good things in your life and his glory. Don't count the goodness of God out of anything that you are faced in your life. He has a story to tell through your life. And he loves you enough to allow you to be part of his miraculous, wondrous, wonderful plan. In the story of Lazarus, their worst what-ifs did come true. But take solace in the fact that God used it to start a revival, and God cemented the power of his son right there through the resurrection of Jesus's friend, Lazarus. You've got to cling on to that when you're facing the what if. Okay. I hope this, that helps you. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Listen, Share this with a friend, y'all. 
share it. Send this podcast to someone. I feel like I feel like this could help a lot of people right now, not because of me, because of the word. And I don't even, I just feel like we've got to get back to believing in the word, the pages of the word of God. Okay. We've got to get back to believing in the truth of the power of the word of God. We've got to challenge ourselves to believe. We've got to do that. And I feel so passionate about it. I felt, I just talked about David earlier today of our, I've actually already preached one message, but, and I'll probably do that message for the podcast next week because it was just so good. But share this, encourage someone that you know is struggling. That is like, oh my goodness, this is happening in my life right now. And I don't see any good in it. Show them what happened to Lazarus and his story. He became a legend, a legend. We're still talking about him today because of it. So love you guys. Hey, I'm praying for y'all as you head into back to school. I'm praying for all of y'all. Okay. I'm praying for moms out there. And for those that will one day be a mom, I'm praying for you. I love you. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you at hello at autumnmiles.com. Catch us on Insta or Facebook. Oh my goodness. I just love you guys so much. See ya next week, right back here on another fun edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 